Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Senior Director of Charts at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Deputy Editor Digital. Hello, Katie. Hey, Keith. How are you? Doing great. Had That's... a little mini vacay, feeling refreshed. Feeling, oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling under the weather. Oh no! But I'm glad that you feel good. <laughs> I'll hmm. carry I'll carry the show for us. <laughs> oh, great, take it away. Um, well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast is your one stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news about how Justin Bieber is aiming for his seventh number one album on the Billboard 200 chart with his latest release, Changes, how Dua Lipa's Don't Start Now continues to climb up the Billboard Hot 100 songs chart, Post Malone's amazing sustained success with Circles on the Pop Songs Airplay chart, and how another Justin, Timberlake, is back on the Billboard Hot 100 for the first time in nearly two years. Plus, speaking of all the Justins, we'll be talking about how the success of Justin Bieber's just-released album, Changes, proves the enduring success of child musicians turned adult pop stars. There are a ton of examples of this on the Billboard charts, and we will dive into that later. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit billboard.com slash podcasts. All righty. Let's do the chart chat. I, I say that, I'm like, oh, let's do the chart chat. <laughs> it's just because my voice sounds a little uh, bit out of the weather. Um, all right, first up, on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, a song that you probably have heard by now, Roddy Rich's The Box continues to box out all other contenders. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> um, continues to hold court at number one for a sixth week. Um, meanwhile, friend of the podcast, Dua Lipa, sees her single, Don't Start Now, rise nine to six matching Dua's peak on the chart, which was first achieved with new rules back in early 2018. Uh, Don't Start Now also climbs 3-2 to two on the Pop Songs Airplay chart and 7-4 to four on the all-format Radio Songs chart. So congrats to Dua. Yes, way, way to catch up with uh, my two-year-old son, rest of the world. He's been jamming to this for months. <laughs> we, sh- we, sh- we should have a uh, baby Cal like do some uh, programming for. He's some got good services. taste. I mean, his favorite song right now is "Don't Start Now," and before that, it was Lizzo's "Juice." So, so say, before that, it was Baby Shark. Yeah, <laughs> well, that too. That was before before Juice. Um, staying with the Hot 100, uh, while Justin Bieber's "Intentions" featuring Quavo debuts straight in at number eleven. Another Justin, Timberlake, 
returns to the list. He debuts by way of his featured role on Meek Mill's Believe at number 90. And uh, this entry gives Timberlake his 34th hit on the Hot 100 and his first ink on the list since Say Something, featuring Chris Stapleton, closed out its run back in May of 2018. Also, fun fact, Katie, I thought that you would appreciate mm-hmm. this. Um, this is the first song where Timberlake is the featured artist instead of the lead or a co-lead artist on a Hot 100 hit since 2013. Mm. He's had like like seven or eight songs in between since then, but all of them were like, I'm um, the lead act yeah. songs. Yeah. Um, back in 2013, uh, Jay-Z's Holy Grail, featuring Justin Timberlake, reached number four on the Hot 100. And uh, uh, so, yeah, as I said, since then, all of the songs in between have been just Justin lead tracks or co-leads. Um, specifically, there's a co-lead that's really interesting. He had a duet, a, sort of a virtual posthumous duet with Michael Jackson Yes, uh, back in 2014 with the top 10 hit Love Never Felt So Good uh, next up uh, going back to the pop songs chart which we mentioned a second ago about uh, Dua Lipa Post Malone's Circles does something only 13 other songs have ever done in the 27 year history of the chart spend 10 weeks at number 1 wow yeah it's funny too because I listen to radio and maybe it's because I love this song that I have never thought, man, this song again? It's, yeah. I must not get sick of it. And that's why it's been, why it's still there. Um, yeah, I mean, and it, it, so just just so you know, I mean, we always talk about the pop songs chart um, on the show, um, but it would help to refresh everyone's memory of what this this chart actually is. So the pop songs chart is an airplay chart, and it ranks the uh, it ranks songs by weekly plays uh, from a panel of 169 mainstream top 40 formatted radio stations as monitored by Nielsen Music MRC data. Uh, So basically, if you live in New York, that would be like a station like Z100. Mm. In Los Angeles, that's Kiss FM. Mm -hmm. Like the big top 40 stations that play like a nice, you know, breadth of music from all different genres. So this is entirely decided by radio program directors. And how many times they're spinning a record, they're playing a record each week. Um, So curious as to what the song is with the most most weeks at number one ever on the pop songs chart? I am. Well, (laughs) it is... The Sign by Ace of Base, oh. which spent 14 weeks at number one back in 1994. I saw the sign and it opened up my eyes. I saw the sign. I remember that time. It's a and good time. Good time in music. I think I did say this song again <laughs> at some point with that song. So you didn't have the same Even feeling, though I loved it. You didn't have the same feeling you have with Circles. Now. Yeah, I guess May- not. Check back in four weeks from now. Maybe you'll be burned out by then. I probably listened to a lot more radio when the sign was on. You know what I mean? Like, whereas now I am I have a lot of sources for my music. True. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously back in 1994, it was a very hyper-focused way of... of hearing music you either heard it on like mtv or vh1 or or you listen to radio that is the internet didn't exist as we know it now youtube didn't exist apple yeah. spotify so like that's where you'd hear about new music yep and for 14 weeks radio felt like they should play this song the most out of every other song which is wild um some other songs i'll just quickly read them off because you know we can um these are the other songs with 10 weeks at number one quickly uh, Closer by the Chainsmokers featuring Halsey spent 11 weeks at number one. 
Over and Over by Nelly featuring Tim McGraw, also spent 11. Torn by Natalie Imbruglia, spent 11. I Love You Always Forever oh, by Donna Lewis. I love that song. Spent 11 weeks at number one. <laughs> uh, one Sweet Day by Mariah Carey and Boys to Men, also spent 11. And then we get to all the songs with 10 weeks at number one. So we've got Post Malone Circles, Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke featuring T.I. and Pharrell back in 2013. Mariah Carey's We Belong Together back in 2005. Nickelback's How You Remind Me uh, back in 2001 and 2002. NSYNC's Bye 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 back in 2000. Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On back in 1998. No Doubts Don't Speak back in 1996, 1997. And Dion Ferris's I Know back I mean, in 1995. Wow. That's probably the one where like our younger listeners are like, what? Who? Dion Ferris. Yeah. I know what, what you're doing, baby. <laughs> Last thing in terms of the chart chat, uh, on the Billboard 200 Albums chart, Roddy Rich's Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial, of course, which features the single The Box, jumps back to number one, rising one spot to secure its fourth non-consecutive week at number one on the chart. The album earned 79,000 equivalent album units in the U.S. in the week ending February 13th, uh, down 8%, according to Nielsen Music MRC data. Fun fact... Please Excuse Me debuted at number one on the December 21st, 2019 dated chart. Then it fell from number one, only to return for three further visits on January 18th, on February 8th, and now on the new chart, which is dated February 22nd. The last album to have four separate visits to number one was Taylor Swift's 1989, which reigned at number one for a total of 11 weeks in total, but in four distinct runs at number one back in late 2014 and 2015. I spent a lot of time this weekend Ooh, strolling through the archives. He's in good company there. Um, now, as for next week, it's quite likely that Roddy will step aside again <laughs> uh, from number one as Justin Bieber's Changes is on course for a number one debut, according to industry forecasters. Those in the know suggest his new album, which was released on Friday, February 14th, could earn around 250,000 equivalent album units in the week ending February 20th, if not more. So stay tuned, Billboard.com. And speaking of changes, the new album got us thinking about how pop stars seem to have an especially dedicated fan base when they started out young, in the public eye, and then grew up with their supporters. So Justin is obviously a perfect example of this, having been discovered on YouTube at age 13 by his manager, Scooter Braun, manager to this day, and signing a major label deal at 14, and then his breakout single, Baby, being released when he was 15. Baby. So, Believers have grown up alongside their idol for the past decade plus, and they're obviously still by his side, given his enduring popularity and another potential, probable, number one album on the way. Right. But he is hardly the only example of this. Um, we can look as far back as, you know, Judy Garland in the 30s. She was 16 when she filmed The Wizard of Oz. Or as recently as Billie Eilish, who only just turned 18 after winning over legions of fans over the past few years and then obviously cementing her superstardom with her sweep of the major four Grammy categories. Right. Um, So there are a lot of examples of this. And if we look right now, like if you think, if you were to name like who are our top five pop stars right now, I think they pretty much all fall into this category. Yeah, I mean, there are outliers, but... Of course. You know, I mean, like, Post Malone is, you know, not quite fitting That is an outlier. He's an outlier in every sense of the word. True, <laughs> which is probably working to, to, to his favor. But, I mean, you know, someone who recently had a number one album, Selena Gomez, yes. for example, 
Um, she hit number one with her most recent album, and her fans have literally grown up with her yeah. since they first got to know her on what was Wizards it? of Waverly Place. Wizards of Waverly Place. I think hers was Disney Channel. Yeah, so many years ago. But then, and, and then, you know, doing as what so many sort of Disney, young Disney stars do is they uh, make albums uh, concurrent with their hit TV show. So mm-hmm. she had a couple albums on Hollywood Records when she was still kind of like a teen like a teen Disney star. And those albums didn't necessarily generate like lots of pop hits or anything. But then she transitioned into basically like young womanhood and as a young pop star away from her TV show. But she retained all those fans that she first cultivated when she was much younger. And then also had, yes, newer, more mature fans join in. As we've talked about this before, like I was not, I wasn't watching Wizards of Waverly Place, but I paid attention to her when she started to have pop hits on the radio. And I'm like, Oh wow! I've been sort of sleeping on these like Selena Gomez hits. Same with a Miley Cyrus or a Demi Lovato. Literally, literally the same thing that happened. Yeah, like you know they they had specific sort of concurrent careers with their TV shows. Yep. But then you know like they had like a breakout moment with like a top forty hit. I think. I mean, there are certain songs you can point to in their career saying, "Oh, that's the song that turned the page for them." And I think so. Somebody, another good example of this is Ariana Grande, but she's almost like. She, like, arrived the way being her breakout single featuring Mac Miller. Right. She kind of arrived, like, already with... Formed. Yeah, like, it's like the adult fan base jumped on board with that first song. Right. It wasn't like there were, you know, albums upon albums of, like, cutesy teen bop songs before that. I mean, was the way... Now now I'm quizzing Katie on something she might actually know. Did the way come out while she was still on Nickelodeon? On she TV? was still on Nickelodeon. Oh, wow. I do. I was just thinking about that actually. <clears throat> um, uh, Sam and Cat, which was the spinoff to Victorious, which is what she initially started on. Mm. Sam and Cat was. Um, she was one of the title characters of that. She um, uh, was still on that when uh, Yours Truly came out in 2013. Wow. wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's and so it's interesting. Whereas like Yours Truly. You know, would like if you were following the normal formula, would have been an album that would have been like cutesy teen pop. Mm-hmm. She's like, no, I'm just gonna sort of like shift gears and kind of like <laughs> fast forward and like skip the building blocks of like one or two or three albums. She showed up as a baby Mariah, like she just showed up like that. Like that's you know what I mean. I think when you have a voice that's like Ariana, it's, yeah, it's unstoppable. You, you you're just like oh we don't maybe need necessarily need to build no shade to any of them we just mentioned. No, totally but not. Ariana has a voice that is very specific and very just it's it's a it's a pop diva voice. Yeah, Come and on. it appeals right away to like the moms of the world. I mean, obviously Ariana's done stuff with like David Foster and more like you know like classically trained singing stuff. She was on Broadway. She was on Broadway. Pete she Shakes. yeah. Um so. Another amazing example because she is the A-list of A-list of pop stars right now, but also has this history and this fan base that has been on this ride for eight years. There are people that probably saw Ariana on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, um, in know, 13. Yeah, yeah back, back basically like 10 years ago, a yeah. decade ago, and have been sort of following her ever since yep. and have been growing up with her. Has you know, to be thrilling if they were there that early to see what imagine? she's done. Like you, you really feel like you you get in just in the same way with Biebs. Like you know, if you if you were one of those fans that saw him on YouTube playing his acoustic guitar, yeah, before Scooter even saw him, before maybe. Scooter, yeah, before before Usher, yep, you know, before before you know that whole thing. If you were there at the beginning and you saw him and you're still a fan now, the 
just the sort of, I mean, I know it sounds silly, but people, when they throw over words uh, on Twitter, like pride and like how, how no, you proud feel they personally are, invested you, in you, it, you feel invested. Like you feel like you know this person, especially if it's someone from social media, because mm-hmm. you feel like you have a personal connection because they've shared so much about their lives and their emotions. They probably told their friends about Justin Bieber before anyone knew that name. It's sort of in the same way, but a lot different from like, how you know when you feel like you discovered a band for the first time. Yes. Like, oh, back in the 80s when you first heard about whoever it was, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. That's like, I don't know, a random example. But then like, You oh, heard them on a college radio station. Right. And it or was before anyone else. You saw them when they were playing like, you know, a really small club. Or opening up for some bigger act. Right. Yeah. And then, oh, yeah, everyone's paying attention to them now. But like, you feel like you were the early investor. Exactly. No, you know? 100%. You're an angel investor in Justin Bieber. You're a, you're a sustaining <laughs> member of the Bieber Well, camp. and you mentioned social media which brings us to Sean Mendes too who started out on Vine originally true and he was like 14 because he got signed I think at 15 he was an embryo he was an infant he was an infant (laughs) and so it's another one where like my mom who knows who Sean Mendes is doesn't know he started on Vine and then you know transitioned over to YouTube covers and Instagram covers or whatever she doesn't know any of that she doesn't care but his fan base who was there at the beginning literally getting six second bites of this handsome young dude and thinking oh he has a great voice plays guitar writes songs like this is interesting to me just get six seconds or so i know six seconds let's see he like uh he released a song via vine that was like his big like gimmicky thing at the beginning um yeah and it was a six second song well they like released it in six second snippets but he was oh. the first artist ever to like release an actual like proper commercial single via vine like originally wow yeah and and look at look at where he is now yes he's an arena headlining star and star of calvin klein yeah. underwear campaign. <laughs> I, I guess you could also probably Justin lump Bieber in too. Yeah. <laughs> you could probably lump in his duet partner slash uh girlfriend camila cabello to this too because yeah. her start in fifth harmony she was and the, on the x factor she was the youngest she was of, the youngest of the five in fifth harmony she was a teenager on the x factor and there are certainly fans of hers that watched her on tv mm-hmm. and felt like they were they got in on like the first floor voted her in yeah it's yeah like, i i helped you yep like or you know you you literally felt it wasn't just like oh I I felt invested because I was I tuned in to watch you it's like no I watched you and I voted and I robo called yeah. <laughs> for hours on and end. I called you so many times <laughs> um, um, we haven't mentioned Taylor Swift yet like Taylor Swift which which is is different yeah I think it's different there was no show there was no social media platform it was just it was literally teenager. just a teenager getting started as a teenager. And we met her as a teenager writing songs about teenage things. Mm. And, I mean, Tim McGraw was her breakthrough hit. And that was one that obviously instantly draws in the older crowd, too, because she's talking about their favorite artist. Right. While also relating to young girls. There was also something about Taylor where she makes an emotional connection with fans because she speaks very plainly. She speaks from the heart. And I think she she when when you talk to her or when she talks to you, mm-hmm. you feel like you're talking to a human being and right. you feel like you're making a connection. Well, I think you could say the same about like her songwriting, too. True. Like, you, she made a connection through those songs and it was like her journals. It's just musical it, journals. It's, and, and, you know, when you, if you got I mean, if you if you bought her last album, Lover, um, and you got you got the the cool target edition she had basically excerpts of her diary and yeah. like you know journals and writing about and, and not just from the current album cycle but from years in the past 
where it's like, wow, she's going to have an incredible autobiography one day. It's oh, 100%. Well, or do we know too much? (laughs) Well, I mean, I mean, there is that too. I mean, with all of these acts, like sometimes there's that danger of, uh, Yes, you get to know the fans in such a revealing way because yeah. you grew up with them. But at the same time, it's double-edged sword where, like, now they know perhaps too much. Yeah. And, you know, as we've seen, a lot of these stars also have had a lot of kind of, you know, interesting moments and issues um, with fans, with tabloids, mm-hmm. with media kind of being a little bit too inquisitive because they've given so much of themselves. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know. That they've had to recover from or redeem themselves or, you know, whatever. As evidenced on Justin Bieber's album. 100%. Which clearly is a sort of a a, 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 a new, a very specific new chapter. I mean, I listened to the album and there were certain songs when I'm going, I wonder, is this song about God or is this song about his wife? And I think I'm like, you know, maybe you could read it both ways. Yeah. You know, I mean, because I mean, it's he probably would appreciate that reading of it in general. Well, I wonder I I initially I initially wondered that there's a couple songs like that. And and he's made sort of no bones about how this album is kind of um, a a significant album for him in terms of how a lot of life changes have happened for him. And and you can read all about this on the Internet. Um, But I think, yeah, I mean, when I listen to it, I'm like, there's some very confessional songs Mm. here. Um, also, you know, some, you know, great, you know, non like confessional songs where yeah. you can just like have a fun time. Yeah. Um, but I have yeah. to bring up one other current example that Keith actually brought up when we were chatting before the show. And that is Drake, because <laughs> he started out, you know, technically he was a I mean, not technically he was a Canadian child TV star on Degrassi. <coughs> and then all of a sudden we were asked to believe him as like the second coming of Lil Wayne, <laughs> like, sure. you know, and uh, I remember it being like a pseudo conversation at the beginning of his like, really? career. Like, are we going to give this guy street cred? Like he came from Degrassi Junior High, you know, like, is that is that uh, is that really going to happen? Obviously, looking back more than a decade later. Yes. The answer is 100 percent. It happened. And I don't think anyone thinks of him as the Degrassi kid <clears throat> anymore. To say the very least. Yeah, I mean, also, I, you know, I, I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Degrassi. Oh, I have. I, was, I saw Jimmy. You're like, oh, I have. Jimmy, he was the basketball star, and then he had a tragic shooting, and then all of a sudden he was in a wheelchair. It was a whole thing. It's a soap opera. I might have cried. Um, okay, so just before we wrap up the conversation, we've talked all about the current examples. Would love to just say, like, my generation, and I talk about him all the time, had Justin Timberlake, who's currently on the Hot 100, back again, where, where he belongs. Um, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, all of them came from the new Mickey Mouse Club. Um, even Alanis Morissette uh, was on You Can't Do That on television. Um, and as Keith mentioned, Justin's back on the Hot 100 with his Meek Mill collab, Believe. But then another example on the other side of this is his NSYNC bandmate, J.C. Chazay, who was also on the new Mickey Mouse Club, but his career sort of came and went with NSYNC. Was he on the same time as Justin? Oh, yeah. There's so, great videos. And Justin's, or JC is older than Justin. There's an amazing video. Look it up on YouTube. It is a, I think, four um, boys singing a Jodeci song. It's Ryan Gosling. It's Ryan Gosling. It's Justin Timberlake. It's JC Chazay. And then a guy who didn't become famous. Oh. And they're wearing these, like, flowing linen outfits, just like Jodeci would in a music video. Oh. And 
Ryan Gosling singing like is especially hilarious because he's like really getting into it. And then, but like JC is obviously the older guy compared to Ryan and, and Justin. Yeah, basically. But like he's like kind of like he looks just like JC from NSYNC, whereas the other two look like little boy versions of the now famous men. Um, wow. And then I mentioned Judy Garland going way back, but then like Michael Jackson, Jackson Five, Donny Osmond, Donny Osmond. You mentioned Ricky Nelson. Stevie Wonder. I mean, it's it's incredible how that you can look at this almost in every decade and you can see something that is similar where it doesn't have to be social media. It doesn't have to be Vine. It doesn't have to be YouTube. It doesn't have to be MySpace. It doesn't have to be um, you being on a reality competition program. It doesn't have to be on the Mickey Mouse Club. It could just be something where you're a youthful star and you make an emotional connection with other young people and they grow up with you like yep. Michael Jackson did. I mean, granted, they also had an animated TV show, but that's a whole separate. That's a whole other <laughs> can of worms. Um Okay. It's fascinating. Super fascinating. Yes. Um, very last thing. Uh, it's time for the chart side of the week. This week back in 1999, hey, Britney Spears. Her debut album, Baby One More Time, was riding high on the Billboard 200 chart as the set spent its second of six weeks atop the tally on the February 20th, 1999 dated list. Um it actually spent a total of six weeks at number one. It debuted at number one, but the six weeks at number one weren't all consecutive because that's just how popular she was at the mm-hmm. time. Um, the album is one of so far six number ones for the pop star who most recently released a studio album back in 2016 with Glory. Uh, brief recap of Britney on the Hot 100. Songs chart, that is. She's notched 35 chart hits, including 13 top tens, with five of those that reached number one. So there you have it. This week back in 1999, <laughs> Britney Spears' Baby One More Time was number one on the Billboard 200 chart. All right, that's the end of our great big shoe. Yes. Uh, uh, any parting words? Oh, man. What song should we go out on? I mean, maybe we talked a lot about Bieber. I have to say the first Bieber song I liked because I wanted to just write him off with like Baby and One Less Lonely Girl. The first song I really liked was when he did Somebody to Love with Usher. I think it was a remix. Anyway, I loved that song. So let's go out on that one. All right. See you guys next time. Bye. I need somebody to love. Yeah. Oh, I don't need too much. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.